Rick Elias is a plane crash survivor, TED Talk speaker, and CEO of Red Ventures, a multi-billion dollar company. On this show, you'll hear conversations Rick feels lucky to have had with leaders, athletes, and innovators, plus three things you can learn from each. It's two people, 20 minutes, and three things with Rick Elias. Today on Three Things, Chef Bobby Flay. He spoke in front of a live audience at Red Ventures, where he shared the story of how he got started and sought revenge on Iron Chef Japan, what it's like to be friends with Michelle Obama, and the truth about whether or not he's ever made a frozen pizza. No spoilers. This is Three Things with Rick Elias. Did they rehearse the standing ovation? Because that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool, huh? Yeah. That's, uh, that's one of our many quirks. So. Everybody, Bobby Flay. Let's give him one more hand. I would love for people to understand a little bit about your background. Okay, I'm from New York City. Uh, I grew up... There's, that's it? One person? Two people. Um, I grew up in Manhattan, uh, New York City. I went, I went to um, many different grammar and high schools until I, I actually... Uh, stopped going to school after ninth grade. I dropped out of high school. Well, for, let, let, me, let me be honest. I got kicked out a couple of times first. Did you have a love for cooking growing up? Is this just no. they put a knife in your hand and you... Not really. I mean, I, I always know when people read my Wikipedia page because they're like, wait a minute, so you, got a, you asked for a Betty Crocker oven when you were seven? And I was like, yes. Thanks for reading Wikipedia. And I did. I actually did ask for... I mean, this is, you know talk about advertising like it works I was like in home watching I don't know Sesame Street and I was like okay easy bake oven and the, and I really wanted the easy bake oven because I could not believe you could actually bake a cake with a light bulb and I had to see it for myself so you love to compete and you have found a way to make the kitchen you know an arena or, or a sports theater where does that come from and I've always, I was always an athlete when I was younger. Uh, I, was, I always looked for something to compete in. I was a ball player when I was in, you know, in high school and in, in my neighborhood. I, we, we, I played lots of sports. I ran cross country and track. And, and so finally, I, I just realized that my, my joints and my knees and stuff were like not working as well as they used to. And so I needed something to continue to have that competitive fire. And the kitchen seemed like the right place for that. I mean, I think there's no better example of that than Iron Chef. I was the, I was the first American to compete in the, in the original. I don't know if anybody here remembers the original Iron Chef. Yeah. The Japanese version. What was the story of that table, the, the cutting table? Of the cutting board? <laughs> yeah. So what happened was, I think it was the year, I want to say 2000, Fuji Television, which was the production company in Japan that shot uh, the original Iron Chef. And you have to understand, like, the original Iron Chef was so fun to watch for, for American chefs because we had never seen anything like it before. And it, you, I think it came on at, like, 4.30 in the morning and like, on, like, channel 472. But we knew where it was. And they were, like, cooking these, like, live octopus and fishing, like, eels out of tanks. And we were like, what is going on? This is insane. We were obsessed with it because it was so cool. And also, they dubbed the Japanese in English, so it was really campy. Like, it was just really kind of fun to watch. So then, lo and behold, it, it was a sort of a cult following for chefs especially. And then I got a phone call. Tim Zagat, who started the Zagat Survey, got a phone call from the um, Fuji television people in Japan and said, we want to take on the quintessential American chef. And he's like, Bobby Flay. So they asked me if I would do it. I was like, do it? 
course. This is amazing. I'm going to be on Iron Chef. This is crazy. And, like, I literally went, like... Did you train? Totally trained. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. But I was, like... To, it was the only thing I thought about for like three months. Like they told me too early. I wish they had told me like three days earlier because I thought about nothing else and um, you know, just kind of got my sous chefs like all geared up. They came to New York. They came here for like six weeks. They rented out a whole hotel. They I don't know how many people from Japan came. I mean, I had so many meetings, it was crazy. Then it happens. And my mother's in the audience, all my friends are in the audience, like the biggest moment of my career. I cannot believe I'm, I'm, do, I'm competing on Iron Chef. This is insane. And I'm like, what is the ingredient gonna be and will it kill me, right? Because you don't know, it could be like a live buffalo. I mean, like you don't know what's, go what's gonna happen. So we're literally like, you know, it's, it's a TV show, but they have the, the ingredient and, they, um, and it took place in New York in, in, this, in this old theater, this old nightclub. And they had the secret ingredient in a big circle and it was, it was above the, the stage, and it was sort of up where those lights are now. But they had put it up there like about an hour early, and I was like, smells like shellfish. <laughs> Literally, I could smell it. You could start to smell what the, what the ingredient was gonna be. And sure enough, it was rock crab. I don't even know what rock crab was, but it looked like a big Dungeness crab. And, and my adrenaline is through the roof. And we start literally five minutes into the competition. I put my hand, and I, I went into the food processor, and I, I, I based, my, my thumb was basically hanging off my body. I mean, right off the bat, five minutes into it. So now I wrapped towels around my hand. I'm just like, I'm not even gonna look at this. I have 55 minutes to cook with one hand. So now I'm like this. That, wait, wait, you asked the question. I love this, keep going, so, we got nothing but time. You got me geared up. I was like, don't ask me a question, okay. So then, these were makeshift kitchens, remember. They, they just blood coming out of your hand and- Well, it's, it's in the towel. It's like I have it wrapped around a towel. And the sinks start to leak. And I'm standing in water up to my ankles. And the wires for the ovens are going through the water. I'm literally standing in, in, in water up to my ankles. And I put my hand on the stainless steel table and it throws me. It electrically shocks me. My mother is crying in the audience. <laughs> I mean, literally crying. You need a my, lawyer at that point. My sous chefs are like, we're walking off. And I was like, they're, they're trying to kill you. And I'm like. <laughs> no, we, we literally thought we were going to die. I mean, I'm getting electrically shot. TV. Exactly. So I said to my sous chefs, walk off. We're not going anywhere. So somehow the hour's up and we finished our dishes. And I'm like, I'm literally ready for a hospital. All right. <laughs> and right like 10 seconds, I never thought we were going to finish. And then 10 seconds before the buzzer is about to go off, we get all the plates up, and my sous chefs lift me up and put me on top of the, the table. Like, and I'm just like, yeah, 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 you know, whatever. American. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, at a, I'm, at, I'm, at a, I'm at a basketball game or a football game, right? And now it's over. So the reporter walks over to Morimoto, who is my competitor, and in broken English, well, first she says, how do you think your competitor did? And, he, and in broken English, he said, he's no chef. And she's like, what do you mean? Well, I've lost all respect for him. He stood on the cutting board. And in Japan, the cutting board is sacred. Who would have known? Clearly, I did not know that, OK? But it became an international event. 
It really did. This is before, like, you know, the internet was, you know, flying high. But Time Magazine, CNN, Newsweek, New York Times, you name the outlet, they did the story about the ugly American chef, <laughs> me, competing on Iron Chef. But at the end of the day, the Food Network president walked up to me and said, I want to tell you something. You took it on the chin for us today, and you just changed Food Network forever because it was the one event that brought Food Network into the pop culture of America. Because prior That's to cool. that, it was just cooking behind a stove. Now it's got a whole new audience. All right, I need to hear the rematch. The rematch I won. <laughs> I, went, I went to Japan. The, we, the, the rematch was in Japan, and I was literally so beaten down, both physically and also I got killed in the media. Killed, killed, killed. And I was just like, oh my God, I don't know why we ever did that. This is the worst thing in the world. And like two months later, my assistant answers the phone and she's like, hold on. And she puts the phone down. She's like, it's Japan. <laughs> I'm like, the whole country? <laughs> wow. Big conference call. So she says, yeah, they want to know if you want to rematch. I already told them we're not doing this. And I was like, call them back. Tell them we need four round trip tickets and we'll see you there. And we went, and then we won. So that was it. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Before we move on, um, I read Michelle's book over the holiday break. Tell us about her. Um, I've had some amazing moments with Michelle Obama. Um, the, the, one of the, I, I guess the best moment I had with, with the First Lady was I took my daughter Sophie. At the time, Sophie was 16 years old, so it's six years ago. Uh, as a father... You, you, when you have an opportunity like that, you, you, you obviously understand how special it is. But the harder part is trying to get your 16-year-old to understand how special this is going to be for the, basically the rest of her life. So the first thing that happened was, my daughter's name is Sophie. Uh, we walked into the kitchen, and the chef, Christetta Comerford, uh, who's been there for a long time, said, we have a surprise for Sophie. And in walks Bo, the dog. And they said to her, your father's gonna be here all day, so you have Bo for the whole day. So Sophie's on the White House lawn playing with Bo. And I'm like, I That's wanna play with experience. Bo. normal experience. No, I know. So then we meet the first lady outside and she's going to, this is that Iron Chef thing, and she's gonna show us the, the garden and all that. And there was sort of a break in the action, just a minute where nobody was pushing everybody around to go, just go here, go there. And, I look over and Michelle Obama is talking to my daughter about being 16 as a mom. She, she went from first lady of the United States to mom in like, just like that. And I just remember crying my eyes out because I, I couldn't believe what I was witnessing. I was, my daughter is getting a life lesson in the, in the sweetest way from the first lady of the United States. And you could see how much they cared she, how much she cared about talking to her about it. And then the next, like, month later, she came to the restaurant with her kids. And the first thing, I, the first message I got from her office was, make sure Sophie's there so they can hang out. So Sophie was hanging out with the kids at, my, at the restaurant, and they had brunch together. I mean, it's just like, it's, you forget sometimes when somebody has that level of um, responsibility to the world that they also um, have responsibility to their family. And, and I'll tell you that, you know, she 
always, you know, she had her priorities straight. That's great. Terrific. All right, we're going to pivot a little bit here. In your shows, you give a lot of your young chefs a lot of feedback, a lot of constructive feedback, <laughs> a lot of very constructive feedback. We are big into accepting feedback as coaching, not as criticism. Sure. Um, tell us about your philosophy about all of that and, and, and how do you make sure that people interpret it the right way? Well, you know, I was reading uh, your website um, <clears throat> yesterday, actually, and, 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 you, and the philosophy of your, of your company. And I really, uh, I relate to it incredibly well. You know, I think of myself as a, as a basketball coach in terms of when I'm teaching people how to cook. I, I'm really into fundamentals. Uh, you know, like when, when one of my cooks wants me to teach them the fancy sauce on day one, I'm like, no, you're not shooting the basketball yet. You're going to dribble for the next five days, and then I'm going to let you shoot. And, and so I'm really into the fundamentals. So when I walk around, so when I, when I walk around my kitchens, I basically say the same things over and over. Did you season it with salt and pepper on both sides? Did you taste the food? Is, is it crusty enough? Is there a good, good amount of texture? Um, it's, it's the same thing over and over. It's the basics, it's the fundamentals of good cooking. Is the oil hot enough? You know, it's, it's all those things that they hear over and over. They've been hearing it for, for, for decades, basically. Because I know if they have a great foundation of the fundamentals, that, that they, they can go anywhere from there. And I'm sure you feel the same way. Um, you also need to be able to adapt uh, at a moment's notice. I noticed you guys say something about um, you know, using the idea that you write everything in pencil. Uh, I still write everything in pencil, literally. I'm the only person on the plane who doesn't have their computer out because I, I write li literally with a pen or a pencil on a yellow pad because I, I, I want to be able to scratch it out. I want to be able to erase it. And it just, it's just, it makes me feel better about, about writing things like that. So the, the whole idea of writing things in pencil, obviously, is that you know, you're, you're able to change and you're not just... You know, you don't take a stand and, and don't move off it. If it's not right, it's not right. It's okay to admit mistake, and it's really important to be able to do that. So th those are sort of the, the first things I think of. Very cool. So you're on book 16, 17? Fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. So you were writing the... I'm writing, I'm writing the introduction today, tell, yeah. tell everybody about this book. It sounds fascinating. Well, the book, uh, this book is actually, I think it, I was actually writing this morning that I think this is the most important book I've done for me which is, it's a book, it's called Bobby at Home. And it's about, if you, if you, uh, if we were all friends, which I'm sure we're going to be by the end of the day, you will all be invited to my house and I will cook for you. I cook for my friends and my family constantly. Whether it's in the summer in my bathing trunks or it's in my house, uh, my apartment in New York City, I, I, when I'm not cooking in my restaurants, I'm cooking in my homes. And it's a different kind of cooking. It's, you know, it's a different approach. Uh, in terms of time and focus uh, and speed. Uh, and it's, it's also, every, it's always family style. It's always really casual. It's always things that people crave, so to speak. It's, it's, the, it's the simple things that um, we, really, we really all want to eat over and over. Leadership style. You have a number of different businesses. What, what is universal in leadership? Show, don't tell. If I, how are, your, how are your cooking skills? Scale one to 10, point something. Point something. 
below, below one? Come on. If, how much time do I need to spend with you to get to like a three? <laughs> I'll get you to a three right away. I don't know after that, but I can definitely get to a three. <laughs> I, I, I think, um, <clears throat> you know, I talk about being hands-on all the time. And it's an easy thing to say and a hard thing to do, especially if you have a lot of employees, as you guys do. I think the only way for me to do that is to be hands-on so the people that work right under me understand that hands-on is important so that it trickles down. So if I, sh if I give you a recipe and I tell you how to make a recipe, you're going to make it and it's going to come out one way or the other. If I show you how to make that same recipe, literally show you, it's going to be completely different. And I think that... I think that it won't even be close because I'll be able to show you things that I wouldn't even be able to think about writing on a piece of paper that's going to develop as you're cooking it. But when it happens in front of us, I can show you how not to do it or how to do it or how to fix it. Otherwise, I can't. You're on your own. All right, let's do some rapid fire questions. A current food train trend you do not like? Poke bowls. It's a Hawaiian invention, right? where they have access to the most incredible fish in the world, or some of the most incredible fish in the world. And when a concept starts like that, or it has history, it has history based on um, wonderful ingredients, especially raw fish. Raw fish, there's no, there's no middle ground. It's either amazing or it's not, right? It's not like, it's okay. We don't want okay pokey, right? If you go to go fast food, where would you go? Nowhere. Oh, come on. You got to give us one. I don't eat fast food. I, I just fast casual? Kava. Okay. They yeah. do a good job. Now, this one came from the crowd. You got to be honest. Have you ever made a frozen pizza? Definitely. Yeah. Not for a while, but yes. Is it good? I, it was probably... <laughs> it was late. No, it was, it's, it it's, been, really it's been a while, so it was probably not as good as I thought it was then, but okay. All right. Uh, best meal you've had the last six months? Well, I went to 11 Madison Park, which is, you know, the, the restaurant of the, the best restaurant in the world in those rankings. And it's, it's literally a few blocks from my office. And I took my, um, my team there for lunch. Wow, was that expensive? Um, no discount? <laughs> no. They're like, I said, I, I said to the cellmate, I was like, just do whatever, whatever, whatever you want to do. Wow. She did whatever she wanted to do. <laughs> it was a great lunch, though. I mean, I mean that's the thing. When you, go, when you go to a special place like that, you, you just have to do it. I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt, but it's okay. Uh, it's, a, it's a very, very special experience, for sure. There's a restaurant in New York that I go to all the time, because people ask me, where do I go in New York, besides my own restaurants? I don't eat my own restaurants, almost never. And so... Um, I always feel like when people say to me, can you sit down and have dinner with me at Gato? I always feel like the customer is going to be like, wait a minute, I'm on this plane and the pilot is sitting next to me. You know, like they want you to be cooking in the kitchen, you know? So I, I go to this place called Via Carota in New York City. It's a, a Italian trattoria. I feel like I'm in Rome. The food is incredibly simple, but perfectly executed. And I'm always happy there. I like, I want, I just want to be satisfied. It's in the, it's in the West Village. Yeah. Last meal of your life. Cheeseburger. Yes. Extra cheese, obviously, because who cares? <laughs> and an ice cream sundae. Listen, this was a ton of fun. We got to get back to work. You're a class act. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.
So here are the three things I learned. One, competition gives everything a little extra spice. Reality is, our toughest opponents is often ourselves. Number two, it's all about fundamentals. No matter what you do in life, mastering the basics is the key to success. And number three, Michelle Obama is a class act and a reminder that not only with our kids, but with all kids around us, we have the ability and the responsibility to help them along their journey. If you're enjoying the Three Things Podcast, let us know. Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can connect with Rick directly on Twitter at Rick Elias. And be sure to check out additional content, videos, and more at our blog, threethings.redventures.com. Next time on Three Things, Hindu priest and mindfulness expert Don Dapani. Thanks for listening.